the Barely Living Dread Girls podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And we are still in the midst of Stephen King's summer. Finally debuting this beautiful poster that I got from uh, Marty... What's his last name? One Man Riot on Instagram and uh all the places and he is an amazing artist we've talked about it before he does some of the other posters he also is an amazing tattoo artist which we've discussed before and i love this it's got so many good easter eggs um i can't believe it's taken us this long into stephen king summer i feel like it's blasphemy but here it is now and it will live on the podcast for set forever probably not here but but anyway uh what are we doing in the middle week Five, I think, of Stephen King's summer? Five or six. <laughs> We're talking about Sleepwalkers from 1992. Yay! This is uh, one of the only things, uh, it is the only thing that we'll be covering this uh, summer that is not based on a previous work. It is based on an unpublished work that he uh, never released and decided to make a screenplay out of. Stephen King is a very good novelist. Um, he is not the greatest of screenplay writers, but he's written a lot of the screenplays that we're doing this summer. And I just want you to keep in mind, first of all, I love him. And second of all, this was the theme of bad Stephen King summer. Just so happens that a lot of the bad movies are ones he may have written. Great novelist, not a good movie writer. I love the man. <laughs> and then you can tell this man was on so much cocaine. Oh, yeah. And around this time, I think he was uh, getting off of the cocaine and getting more into the pills, I want to say. Mm. But anyway, uh, I'm kind of just looking through the cast list here. Uh, so, who? Uh, our director is Nick Garris. Prolific film director Mick Garris, known for such works as the original Hocus Pocus, uh, Riding the Bullet, which is another Stephen King thing, um, The Fly. I mean, cool. he's done a million different things. Mick Garris is amazing. Um, this movie is starring Brian Krause. If you, like myself, were a Charmed fan back in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, you'll recognize him as Wyatt, uh, one of the main, mainest characters other than the, the Hollywood sisters. Um, I actually have a little, my own little book of shadows right here. I love that fucking series. And, uh, it was weird to see him. It's just, this movie's just weird, period. <laughs> that end of sentence, this movie's weird. Period. But it's also weird to see him as, like, But they're not cat people because they don't like cats. They're. <laughs> I, I'm sure Casey is super excited to hear my opinion on this movie. Oh, I can't wait to hear the things <laughs> she called all the things. And yes, I am always looking forward because we rarely watch these together. We watch them separately and then we record together. And we try not. To, we try our best not to talk about them beforehand. We might say like, "I'll be like, what the fuck did you make me watch?" <laughs> And that's all we really say, but... Uh, so I love getting our live reactions to yeah. each other. Yeah, me too. So, uh... I need to say something. Okay, you can say something. 
So first of all, I like the little definition of sleepwalker in the beginning. Yeah. I feel like this scene had two openings, kind yes. of, which was, I was like, okay, weird. Yes. That's not the point. I think well. Stephen King be real influenced by Star Wars. And I can't say it enough. I've talked about it before. Oh, man. I don't know, man. This is looking awful Stormtrooper-like, Stephen. I'm gonna have to sue ya. Sorry. But George, yes, he George is Lucas heavily, is coming for you. Okay, listen, first of all, opening scene, bitch, that's Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Luke motherfucking Skywalker. You literally couldn't be more Star Wars than that. Yeah. He's a big Mark Hamill fan, big George Lucas fan. I can fan. tell. You can definitely tell. I'll talk about it more when we cover our other movie. You can also tell, like, how influenced he was by, like, growing up in his time period, like, the monsters that he's afraid of are, like, 50s classic monsters. You know what I mean? It just, it's so interesting to see. Which is why I love, side note, the progression of, like, the 90s it, where they're all kids that grew up in the early 80s and they were scared of those monsters, versus the 2017 it, where the kids grew up in the early 2000s and are afraid of the, I don't know, anyway. Blah, 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 blah. So I just needed to say my little Mark Hamill comment. Mark, if you're watching this, I doubt you are, but I would pass away. Oh, my God, yeah. Pass away. I love you. And you could even just send her a little message, just like, hey, Jess, give her a little finger gun. (laughs) He liked one of my tweets once. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Because my friend has a pit bull named Jedi, and I was like, he looks like Mark Hamill. And so I did a side-by-side of Mark Hamill and Jedi, and I was like, you can't tell me. (laughs) <laughs> this dog. I got pretty excited when the, freaking, when the We Hate Movies guys liked my tweet. That's pretty big. <laughs> Mark Hamill, Bill Mosley's likes my stuff. Oh, me! And like I said, Bill Mosley made my leg tattoo his profile picture. Oh, I was like, so I want to cool. die. Yeah, that is so fucking cool. So anyway, um, sorry, I'm past the, my Mark Hamill thing now. We get this like cold open that makes no sense, goes nowhere, <laughs> and has nothing to do with anything. But it has Mark Hamill. It is... It does have Mark Hamill. It also kind of establishes mood, but not in the way they want. Because you see a lot of dead kitties. There's a lot of dead kitties. There's a lot of cat um, uh, violence in this film. But I have another point to make after this point. So when you're seeing all these like dead cat carcasses like strung from the ceiling, you they want you to get that creeped out like, oh, God, what's going on? But these extreme canted angles that you're getting and the, like, and this is nothing against Mark Hamill, but hit him and his co-star that are standing there just very overacting, just like, I mean, it's, it's a 90s movie. And so I'm immediately getting the sense that, oh, this is camp. Oh, 100%. Unintentional camp, which is almost always the best kind. <laughs> So, and I feel like we should do a drinking game. Just have a bottle of liquor between us, and every time one of us says camp, usually me more often, we take a shot. <laughs> the barely this living camp, camp <laughs> Right, truly. Uh, that brings up different images, though. Anyway, uh, so I wrote, ooh, that's a lot of cats. Uh, oh, my other point that I was going to make is uh, I've only really ever known Stephen King to have dogs. Like, I've always had a corgi for a very long time. Um, dogs often get very violent deaths in his films, and cats, other than Church the Cat, um, are, like, heroes, 
And this week and next week's episode are cat-themed. I did not mean to put them together. I, I thought that was hilarious. I, I, was had, them. I had seen this when I was so young that I didn't remember a single thing about it except for the weird morphing. And I had never seen Cat's Eye. And so I did not mean to even put these next to each other. But it's Cat Weeks. I wish that this movie would have been called Shapeshifter. Because I yeah. feel like they were more shapeshifting than... I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, and because they're not, they're not vampires. Because they don't suck blood. They consume energy. I feel like he got this a lot better when he did Doctor Sleep. The whole energy vampire thing got that way better in Doctor Sleep. Did not have it quite down here. Sorry, Steven. I love you so much, Steven. <laughs> so, like Casey was talking about, we get this overacted opening scene where... These police officers find all these dead cats. They open this closet that, like, nearly mummified dead body of a young girl with a flower tucked behind her hair, which I don't know if is ever fucking explained. Um, they found that, and then it kind of cuts to your second, like, boom, name of the movie screen. And yeah. I was like, okay, so the cold opening was awful. But anyway, The editing is strange. <laughs> You keep talking. I'm going to talk about our editor. All right. So then we cut to the scene of, what, is it Charles? Is that the young guy's name? Yeah. Okay. Charles is this handsome young feller. He uh, is sitting in a chair, and you just see him in his room, and you see him take out a knife, and he starts cutting himself. And I was like, why is he cutting himself? But he carved a T, and he's like, Tanya, and I was like, fucking oh. psycho. I was like, I guess for Tanya. Absolutely amazing. She was also, um, 
the so in the 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, she was Leatherface's mom. Oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. The fucking awful Netflix one? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <sighs> well, I wrote. I wrote. Oh, this is weird. Okay, like, not actually, though, right? Oh, fuck. Because. I wrote. Him and his mom have such a weird relationship. Why would he ask her if she's jealous of this girl? At first, I kind of wondered. <laughs> Holy shit, he's gonna fuck his mom. I literally wrote. He's gonna fuck his mom. It's <laughs> wrote holy shit. He's gonna fuck his mom. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting because when I first started hearing them, I kind of thought he was either saying like "mom," like sometimes that's just something people like call each other, or like in really fucked up, like proper, I don't know what households like oldish type it, mother, like they call their uh, wife mother and the dad's father. And it, like, so I kind of wondered that for a second, but no. No. That's his mom. And they fuck. It's really weird. It's, uh, I was super uncomfy. I was like, oh, I literally said, oh, God, no. When I was watching it, my dogs were like, mom, you okay? And I'm like, no. No, I'm not. You're my innocent children. I would never. I would never. But, um, essentially he's telling his mother about this girl um, and his mom's like, is she nice? Is she pure? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I haven't met her yet. Which, like, why the fuck would you be carving her initial into your arm? Ugh. Anyways. Uh, the girl playing, uh, Tanya, our popcorn girl, is Madchen Amick. She's gorgeous. She is so she's stunning. I wrote she's gorgeous. She she's is literally one stunning. of the prettiest people I've ever seen. Yeah. She's just naturally beautiful. Yes. Her smile's infectious. Yeah. Her eyebrow movements. Yeah, no, she is gorgeous. And she's been in quite a bit of stuff. It looks like um, she, I think she did a lot of television, especially after this. Um, she was apparently in one of the seasons of American Horror Story. She's been in a lot Ooh. of TV. A lot of TV. Um, cool. But she's amazing. She's beautiful. Beautiful girl. Um... <laughs> But, uh, he's gonna sneak, he's going to the movie theater where she works, cause he wants to, like, meet her, which is so fucking weird. Cute. Yeah. But I love it because she is having the fucking time of her life, dancing around with her headphones on. I love it. Cleaning the movie theater, little flash dance moment. She's so fucking cute. Adorable. And it looks like they're, like, closing up for the night. But I know. But gets a popcorn and a soda. I thought that, too, because the other dude took the movie box and, like, like the money box from the front yeah. from the ticket counter and, and took it upstairs. And cleaning and it's empty, but he's like, no, can I get a popcorn to go for the home? I mean, Which, like, she, I think she did it because he was cute. Yeah. But also, Katie has been known to bring popcorn home to Geoff when you go to the movies to see fucking that's cute. Anyway, um, he, oh, I don't remember what. Oh, yeah, so he's, like, flirting with her and, like, 
He's like, do you want to ride home? She's like, oh, well, my dad picks me up. Blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't, wouldn't your girlfriend be upset anyways if you take Popcorn Girl home? And he's like, I don't I have, have a girlfriend. girlfriend. I'm new in town. Remember, I'm from Ohio. Which this uh, takes place in Indiana, by the way. I don't know how to fix this. Can you help me? <laughs> like, he is seriously playing it so thick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. But he comes and home. And she is just smitten. Because he's he looks like Ryan Krauss. <laughs> but she comes home. She's talking to her mom. Or he's talking to. Sorry. He goes home. He's talking to his mom about this girl. And I got the vibe that, like, they were going to eat her. I was like, they're going to fucking eat this girl. They hate cats and they're going to eat this girl. I didn't know what the correlation was, but I was like, I don't like it. If you had to sum this movie up in one sentence, it would be, they hate cats and they're going to eat this girl. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> you win. But then they fuck again, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And he, he like, carries like, her up the stairs earlier. Blah, blah. Oh, my God. And it's got, like, this romantic music. And there's, like, this weird <laughs> intimate sex scene where they're, like, it's weird. <sighs> I didn't like it at all. Why did they have to be mother and son? Stephen King. Stephen the King. Incest. Oh, Why? my God. You did that so much. Okay, so I'll tell you. Literally so I was much. hoping that they were, like, just these, like, creatures that, like, found each other and then, like, kind of went with this, like, idea that they were mother and son. No, that was her actual fucking son. Yeah. No no pun intended. And they only mentioned one time that they think they may be the last of their species. And I wish that they expanded on that more. And, like, I wish that he had incorporated something about, like, yes, they need to eat, but the reason they're so obsessed with this girl is because they want to change her to, like, continue the species because they think they really are the last of their kind. But they seem to, like, be in denial about it. But then make the movie about them trying to find more of their kind mm -hmm. instead of this plot that is nothing. This The movie has no plot. Like, the thing, like they're trying to eat this girl. But that's the entire movie. There is no plot. There is nothing moving this movie forward. Yeah. It needs something. Them trying to... Because the town's not even after them at this point. Because mm -mm. they haven't been found out. They're not being... If they were being... Like, if we kept cutting back to, like, Mark Hamill, like, chasing them from the other town, like, oh, God, I gotta, uh, you know, catch them before they kill someone in another town. None of that. Nope. Nope. Like I said, Stephen King is a great writer when it comes to novels and short stories. <laughs> well, Screenplays, I think he needs a co-writer, maybe? He just needs someone to... He needs Mike Flanagan to adapt his work. That is the problem. That would be so sick. Mike Flanagan should make an adaptation to every single one of his movies. Because <sighs> two of my all-time favorite Stephen King adaptations are Dr. Sleep and Gerald's Game. Mike Flanagan. Yeah, Mike, we're you? Mike Flanagan stands. Mike we're Flanistans. I said Flanistan. She's an idiot. <laughs> I thought they were both good. And you're so it. rude. I'm mean, I'm sorry. I was like Flanistans, and you're we like Flanagans. We are going to be doing Gerald's Game later this summer. I think it's oh. the last movie we do. And so many people hate it, and I don't understand why. Probably because they don't it. get it. <laughs> sorry, not your mom. I love your mom. No, my mom needs to go back. 
Yeah, I do agree with that. But anyways, so they cut to the next scene, which is uh, them at school, which is how he says he knew Tanya, because they were in a class together. And he's, like, reading this story he wrote about sleepwalkers, which is funny. Uh, the teacher is super, super skeptical of this guy. Yes. He does not trust him, which I thought was really weird because I was like, why does he immediately not trust this high school kid? Played by Glenn Shattuck. Sorry, I had to look up the actor's name. He is played by the, um, stepmom's art friend in Beetlejuice. The, like, bigger guy that, like, is helping her rearrange the house. Yep. Same guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, played by him, and yeah, he is, like, immediately, like, this kid is sus. Right. And, uh, so they, they get out of class. He comes up to Tanya while she's, like, gushing over him with her friends, and they're like, uh, you gonna fuck him? You gonna like, suck his dick? No, I'm just I got plans for Homeland, I'll tell you that. And her friends are like... While she's talking to him, I would literally... Like, she shoved one of the girls. And was that like, is I my insane. friends. Those are my friends. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't have done it to you. I would have done it to you. I know that. That is true. If it was you talking to a boy and it was me, Katie, and Taylor behind you, I would literally just, like, oh, my God, we would be so- A corker and porker. My, my, <laughs> by that is my friends, I guess I should have said that is me, her friends. That's, that's her friends. I would do some shit like that. She would. Anyways. I yelled at Katie one time. We were driving, and I tried to yell at these guys out the car window, and she, like, drove away really fast, and I yelled, Katie, quit trying to stifle my sexuality. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Oh, man. Anyway, um, eventually we get, oh, he does drive her home, and, and immediately she- goes inside with her, and, like, uh, it was, I don't know. Weird. I would have been like, I thought you were just driving me home. Not and like. she's like throwing her like, un- she has like underwear everywhere. Why oh. does she have underwear all over her room? And she, every time like, she messy bitch. he walks around, she's like throwing underwear and like kicking it under like tables. It was actually really funny because I can relate. All my clean clothes are, have been on my floor for a week now. But at least they're clean. I don't know her underwear. Whatever. Who cares? Honestly. Fold, fold the clothes and put them in the basket. And sometimes I'll leave it in there for a few days. And he just puts the basket on my side of the bed. Like, to, to force get, me get the hint. Do it. <laughs> I don't know why he loves me. So, eventually we get to the point of... <laughs> he's driving home, but then the, uh, the teacher is, like, following him and honking at him. And he just pulls over on the side of the road. I ain't pulling over. You can honk all you want and try to get my attention. I am not pulling over. I will pull over in the police station parking lot. <laughs> well, I mean, if you were a sleepwalker, you'd probably think differently. You're probably right. But um, we did just skip Breeze over a small part, and that's just she invited him to go with her to help her take pictures of Homeland, which is this old graveyard in town. Um, so they officially kind of have a date planned, and that's when um, he left the house and was driving home, and the teacher, you know, him and the teacher are on the side of the road, and the teacher's like, your fucking transcript and your whole life is fake. There's no Paradise Falls in Ohio. Your life is a lie! Your life's a lie. And he's like, oh yeah? Well, I'm gonna take your hand off. <laughs> <laughs> 
off. Oh, I literally was like, he ripped his fucking hand off. Yeah. I was like, turn into a werewolf creature, question mark, question mark, ate the teacher, question mark. Your camp, (laughs) when he is running away from him through the woods, and he yells back, I'm sorry! Oh my god. That was fucking hilarious. That's some shit, man. That is some real shit. You're just like, I didn't mean it. Please stop. You took my hand already. I'm sorry. (laughs) I love it. So then he's, you know, left the teacher there. And he's driving away recklessly in his little blue Trans Am. And the cop, I don't even know the cop's name. I don't either. The cop and Clovis the Attack Cat. The cop that comes to absolutely nothing. (laughs) Who is literally just here to introduce Clovis. The Attack Cat. Who's so cute. I love Clovis. I would die for Clovis. Clovis is adorable. Um, But yeah, so they're essentially getting to a car chase. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he, like, looks over, and the cat hisses at him, and he, like, and then his face, like, yeah. morphs into, into like, fucking shapes. Yeah, into, like, his little, like, mini cat face with just the cat nose, and then, like, the full cat face. He looks like if they made a real-life Meowth. Oh or, no, God. no, no, a real-life Mewtwo mixed with a Meowth. I don't even know. That's weird. Mew-outh too. <laughs> Don't sue us. That was so. Sorry. But there is this one really cool part because he pulls over to the side of the road and turns the car invisible. That part was really cool. Visible. Visible. And then he turns it red later into a different car with a different license plate. <laughs> Jeff noticed that different license. plate. Oh, cool. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely saw your face, though, dude. But when he gets back to the station, he's talking to other cops, and he's like, I couldn't identify him. His face was a blur to me. Yeah. Like, I don't remember. He's like, I know that's going to sound crazy, but it looked like he didn't have a face. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. That's crazy. And they all thought... They all thought he was fucking cuckoo. They're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's. They're like, it's. It was stress. It was. You were in shock. Whatever. Blah blah blah. And even the guy is like, maybe don't tell the chief that when you're explaining this because you sound. Clovis didn't like the guy. <laughs> it's like, Clovis is perfect. Clovis does have a good judgment of character, though. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, I think this like next scene. This, again, the editing of this movie is so fucking weird. Like, it just blows through. Uh, because there's no plot. I can't even blame this on the editor anymore. Because what did he have to work with? I'm sorry, Stephen King. I know you're not listening to this. I worship you. This she is does. bad. What the fuck? The scene where, like, him and his mom are just making out and making out. And making out. <laughs> and then she smacks him in the face. You're a dude. You can't fuck your mom. But they they do. But you can't fuck your mom. And she smacked him. And she's like, you need to feed me. I can't feed myself. Which pisses me off. Because where'd she get all that motherfucking strength later in the movie? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I was so pissed off about Seriously, that. Seriously, like, why, why is she so fucking... Weak. And I 
like, even if it wasn't weak, like, let's say her face was on the top ten America's most wanted list. But it you wouldn't know I mean? be because their faces change and they blur and they can't be photographed. So what the fuck? She's manipulative. That's what she is. She's lazy. She doesn't want to get her own food. She wants her son to do it for her. She's also fucking her son, so. <laughs> I remember, what did I write? What did I write? Oh, rubbing. Who's that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Anyway, Um, so she eventually comes to pick him up at his house, uh, even though she wasn't supposed to, and there's this very tense scene uh, where the mom is, like, kind of walking her through the house a little, and you kind of wonder, I'm wondering why they don't just snag her, because they have her right there. Um... But you get this, like, moment where you see the mom's reflection, and she looks like the creature creature thing, but then, like, and you, you like, wonder if Tanya's gonna see it. Also, before that, like, right after they were done making out and slapping and whatever the fuck, they have sex as the creatures. Oh, yeah. We could have left that part out, but I'm not going to. Because it was fucking nasty. Nasty! It was, it was bad. Why are there so many intimate sex scenes of this mother and her son fucking? I don't, it's like, it. (laughs) I feel like the moment we just had will be our, like, our thumbnail of the week. There's, there's never, like, fun sex in Stephen King movies. No. mother-son. It's Dolores Claiborne. It's that awful scene in It. Like, none of these are fun, steamy, I guess if you want steamy sex, you don't go to Stephen King. You go to, I don't know. Not E.L. James. That bitch sucks. You go to lots of other people. You go to Christine Feehan, who writes the Carpathian novels. Amazing. I can't read. Um... So yeah, sorry. But but then his mom I'm seventeen and never fucking learned how to read. (laughs) His mom, uh, like Casey said, was being so fucking weird and He's dressed like an absolute asshole. Oh my god, that sweater. Oh my god, that sweater. And she puts a rose behind the girl's ear. Thank you, thank you. I thought you were pretending to put a rose behind my ear. I was like, Oh my god. Oh, I wish you guys could see these earrings. They are little cherry skulls. I've gotten a lot of compliments on them I'm today. disgusted. They're so cute. <laughs> I'm sorry to disgust you. They're nasty. Nasty. Ugh, I love you so much. I'm so Nasty little test. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't eat my soul. <laughs> um, <sighs> so... Oh, I don't know why I wrote elbow rubbing. Because he... Lies to Tanya's mom about doing rubbings of oh sim- of uh headstones. Yeah. And he made the joke like, oh, your mom's gonna want to make sure some rubbing went on here. And I went, <laughs> rubbing. Because <laughs> I'm stupid. Well, I put earlier, um, she was like, how'd you learn that? He said, I learned it a long time ago. I was like, how old is he? I do kind of wish that that was more, like, I don't Prevalent. need that. I don't need a... We're 700 years old and blah, blah, blah. I need, like, a, well, back when 
da 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 and you say some, like, historical thing that's gonna exactly. be like, oh my god, they were around since then. Like, again, he got it right in Doctor Sleep with the energy vampires, and she's doing that eulogy, and she's mm-hmm. like, we feasted on kings in their palaces and skyscrapers, and it just, like, you can, like, you get this sense of how old this creature is. And yeah. that's why I have my little Call of Cthulhu up here, because he's an eldritch horror, and I feel like they are eldritch horrors. And so, it was appropriate. But yeah, I wish there was some more about, like, how old they were, how long they'd been around, if, uh, just the more lore of it. Like, because that's the thing Stephen King is good at, is building worlds. I want to know... You know, how long ha- were people really afraid of them forever? Did they worship them back in the day? Is this where we get vampire lore? Is this where, like, I just, I have so many questions. I agree. I wish that would have been more prevalent Is as that well. why, I mean, you could even, like, what's up? Does it look like my mic's on? I feel like my levels look a lot lower than yours. Tap it. Yeah, yeah, so. Okay, cool, I just want to make sure. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 I just want us to record the whole thing and then... Yeah, no, no, you're good. I... I see why. It's because mine got turned up just a little bit. It'll sound really quick. Okay. It'll still sound totally fine. Cool. I just didn't want this to be a situation where we get through the whole thing and be like, fuck. I know, right? I'm sure people wouldn't mind a week without hearing my voice, but... Like oh, you'd still be able to hear your voice. I'd just have to adjust a bunch of things. I'd probably just use phone audio at that point. I'm not quiet. Let's be honest. Let's be, let's be honest. I mean, it would still sound better than our first ever recording. Oh my god, that's But we've come a long way. It's been a year. Let's just take a moment. Yes, we forgot to celebrate. Oh my god, it's our, we've had our anniversary. I don't know the exact date, but it's like recently. One year of this fucking podcast like and we started from the bottom recording on a laptop in my living room leaning over the laptop (laughs) recording on the computers (laughs) yeah um on my 2016 macbook air It, it was not good we had so much fun though i had to spend hours editing the audio on that podcast she taught herself how to edit audio video like truly the mastermind yeah we and she should absolutely be appreciated and lifted up for that because we wouldn't be here without casey i wouldn't have been able to do this on my own i'm super grateful for you and this year has been fucking awesome with you like our friendship has grown and just exploded into this incredible sisterhood i'm gonna cry oh my god stop I'm sorry. I just love you so much. I love you. But this isn't about Dennis. This is about us. I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. Like, it just, like... Happy one year barely living directly Formerly Deepers Creepers. (laughs) I still love us. I do, too. I love us. Okay, We have a whole room and video and our lighting system and our nice mics. And and followers. (laughs) People that listen to us. It's insane. Thank you all. Seriously, yeah. every time I see a new view on any of the videos, I'm just like, someone listened. <laughs> I was giving my brother a hard time yesterday because it was my papal's 80th birthday, and he said something, something, something. I'm like, do you listen? I was like, you're a bad brother. And he's like, why? I was like, 
you don't watch my podcast videos. He's like, I've seen several of them. Like, you're a decent brother. (laughs) I know, right? My sister's been watching a lot. I'm just like, (laughs) sorry, we're back. Um, So they are rubbing at the cemetery. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And uh, taking pictures. You get this uh, shot of the car because he drove them in the blue whatever. Trans Am. No, it was a red Trans Am. It was a blue something else. I thought it was a blue Mustang and a red Trans Am. That's what I'm saying. He drove them in the blue Mustang. Hold on. I thought it was a blue Trans Am, red Mustang. He cha- It starts out red and it changes into blue. You can continue. Anyway, um, he drives it one way, and while they're doing their little cemetery thing, it changes back. I don't know if it's because he, like, it, like like, wore off, or he, like, wasn't paying attention, and so, like, he, I don't know what happened, but it was, uh, so, um, what? Both Henry Bowers and Charles Brady drive a 1978 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am, the exact same vehicle right down to the Martinique blue color. Nice. That's a fun Easter egg. I did not know that, yeah. But yeah, either way, it was a blue Trans Am and a red Mustang. I think it was different in the version I watched. What do you mean? I think it was different in the one I watched. So, I... We watched the same damn movie! <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so they're making out in the graveyard? Yeah, it's Thank weird. You. Don't do that. It's disrespectful. Oh my god, I would totally make out in a graveyard. Not on top of a gravestone. Okay, there we go. Yeah, no, no, no. I would just like, yeah, that is what they're doing. I would just like, if I was off the path, hundred percent, or like in an area with no tombstones. But rolling around on the graves, it seems a little. That is disrespectful. That's how you get fucking haunted. It's almost like going underwater to visit a mass grave of poor people. Almost. I um. So, oh yeah, so when they're all making out, making uh, out, making out, what turns her off? Like, what is it? Oh yeah, he starts going like a little too fast. Like, he's like too touchy feely. It looks like, like he like bit her lip a little bit. She's like trying to slow him down. Yeah. And then he starts getting a little. She's like, listen. So she's like, he's like, I thought we understood each other. Yeah, and I was like, she's like freaking out, and doesn't she get him in the eye or something? Well, he started like sucking the life out of her. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. couldn't breathe, and she's like struggling to breathe, and then he slapped and scratched her, and that's when she hit him with her camera. Yeah, and then she stabbed his eye out. <laughs> Feed me, Tanya. Mother's hungry. Um, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. The cop drives past and sees the blue car. See, the next note I have is cop to mob. Me too! I said, cop kebab, OMG, camp. Stabbed him with a pencil. 
did. Did he yell that? <laughs> yeah. So the cop finds him. She comes out of the cemetery running, and I hate this trope in movies where, like, the cops, like, instead of, like, doing something productive, they're trying to calm down the woman that is clearly in fear for her life. Which and is just when he gets in the back seat and he's like, "Calm down, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay." Stab. If you didn't waste so much fucking breath on in telling her it's gonna ear. be okay. In the ear. And the thing is, it goes deep. And the other thing is, he lives for um, about a couple more minutes. And he didn't really have a dramatic death scene. It kind of just breezed over it. Sir, there is a pencil in your brain. And he fell over and it went further. And that's when uh, Charles was like, cop kebab. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so she is trying to get away. And what saves her? Jess. Clovis, the attack cat. Clovis is a good kitty. Scratched the shit out of him. But then it's so sad because when a cop does die... Clovis goes and, like, lays on him. He's, like, a sad kitty. It was truly sad. Um, and then I drew, I wrote king in all big letters, and I drew a little crown for him. Because mm-hmm. he's my king. Because he is the cemetery owner. And then I wrote, I love oh, yeah. him so much, it hurts. Buddy, I ain't taking the rap on this. I lock this place up every night. It's not my fault if every pervert, weirdo, oh, don't talk to horny... Me. Ki- Go talk to someone in charge. I'm busy. I have a serious obsession with this man. I said Stephen King is the gravekeeper. That is so funny. Yes. He is also the priest giving the eulogy in Pet Cemetery, I want to say. <laughs> yeah. He plays a part in a lot of his movies. Uh, and I'm Creep that show, movie. obviously. Me, your shit. Um. <laughs> um so, uh, their um, invisibility thing we learned is called dimming. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which I think is cool. Um, and around this time, Jeff went, what the fuck, Ron Perlman? I said Ron Perlman. Because <laughs> Ron Perlman shows up. And he's creepy. He, it's Ron Perlman. Of course he's creepy. He, he said that the girl deserves a spanking and he's happy to do it and the other guy was like you leave that girl alone i wanted to throw up that's why i said ew but charles gets back to the house he is clearly dying his mom's pissed he's fucked up that cat fucked him up cats are like acid to their faces like they start like burning and melting and shit another issue Obviously, when he gets home, there's a bunch of fucking cats in the yard. Later, the mom gets attacked by cats. Why does it take her so goddamn long to get to field things when she's getting attacked by, like, eight cats, and then one fucking cat attacks him, and he's like, oh, I'm dead, yet she's the weak one? That's what I was going to say. Maybe it's because she's stronger and older, but it's like, then why are you more afraid to go out? If he's more susceptible to the cats, why do you send him out into the cat? Coward, lazy. Because the cats are their natural enemies, clearly, and so there's like constantly like a field of cats in their front yard, and it looks wonderful. And I want to go play with all those kitties. They were cute, but uh, Tanya asked the sheriff uh, to bring Clovis with her when he comes back to question her, 
because she makes him feel her feel safe, or he makes her feel safe. Sorry. Um, the kitty saved her. She's like, I'm gonna, that's my fucking cat now, bitch. Right. I'm gonna keep that cat. That's my kitty. That's a good kitty. That's a good fucking kitty right there. Yeah. Yeah. But she also like to show who this guy was. Told them to go develop the um, photos that she took of him. Yes, because she was taking pictures. They were taking pictures at the cemetery. Because that's what she was there to do. She's a photographer. And then he, like, lied to her mom and was like, oh, I'm going too so I can do some rubbing. That's how we find out that his face cannot be photographed properly. It looks like, kind of like the ring. Like, when people get photographed and their face Yeah, it's like warped. spirit photos. Kind yeah. of. Yeah, like, is there like, oh, was it in motion? It's like, no, because the background in his body is in focus. But yeah. his face is all blurry. Wah, 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 wah. But it's because they're shapeshifters, you which again. see me. I feel, like reason, <laughs> I feel like the reason he didn't call it shapeshifters was probably an IT thing. And obviously I don't think they called it, or an SEO thing, which I don't think they called it SEO back then. But, um, like, I feel like it was like, no, there's already shape-shifting movies and books and everything called shapeshifters. I'm gonna call them sleepwalkers. That's true. And just kind of made his own lore of what he thinks a sleepwalker is. Which, yeah. Which is totally fair. I am totally fine with authors, like, taking, like, if you want to write what you, what your version of a werewolf is, or what your version of whatever, I don't care. Yeah. But, uh... Like, there's so many different types of zombies out there. Like, anyway. But, like I said, Charles is back at the house... He's dying. Um, the police show up, and his mom is able to not only camouflage his car, make his car invisible, but make him invisible at the same time. And her. And her. Yeah. So, you know, they come in. They don't find anything. They keep looking around, but... I wish he would have written a book on this. Like, the dimming and, like, like I just... He can write lore so good. Oh, I'm so sad that this was only a movie. Um, he doesn't know how to write movies, but I'll tell you what, Jess, he knows how to write some good deaths. Yeah. Because there are some good fucking deaths in this movie. Yeah, 100%. And we're getting to some of them. So, she is escaping, uh, like, through her invisibility, um, and the cats can still see them, though. Mm-hmm. Which is, and so they're, like, hissing and stuff, and the cops, like, kind of know. You, like, we get this, uh, very fake-looking, uh, where, like, the door opens and closes, but you don't see anyone come out because mm-hmm. they're invisible, but it looks so fucking fake. Yeah. Almost as fake as the graphics in the movie we're covering next week. Oh, my God. I oh, can't. the ledge. Oh. The ledge. Girl, I we'll talked about it. Week. I talked about uh, it. <laughs> so, um, eventually, uh, she's trying to escape, and eventually she's going over to the girl's house because she's like, I'm going to get this girl. I'm going to feed me and my son. I'm going to save us both. We're going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So she goes over to um, Tanya's house. Her parents are there. And there's a cop there that had, like, driven her home. And the mom's, like, feeding him. It's actually a really funny scene. Um, he was really enjoying the meal. She, it was yeah, wholesome. It really was. He's like, I haven't had a meal like this this good since before my wife died. And just really sweet. And, like, the mom's like, well, it was already cooked. No sense in it going to waste. And just, like, a very, very cute little Midwest yeah. home scene, you know. Yeah. And they're eating corn. By the way, this takes place in... Indiana. Travis, Indiana, which does not uh, exist. There's a Travisville and there's a Travis County. I think there's a Travis County, Indiana. But there's not a Travis, Indiana, apparently. Um, 
but yeah, I just I love the Indiana call out and the fact that Corn is not only mentioned, uh, but she does. She's like, oh, you want to know your corn? He's like, yes, my love. And uh, <laughs> so the mom, not the the sleepwalker mom, gets to the house. Tanya's dead. Kicking the shit out of this family. Oh my god! She eating, throws the mom out the window. Beating the shit out of this family. Literally yeets the mom out the window. Kicks the dad's ass. Bites off one of Pearlman's fingies. I need to. I need to talk about this one. I'm so excited for you to talk about it. Uh, she goes into the kitchen to kill the cop. Take care of the cop. How does she do it, Jess? She stabs him with a goddamn corn cob. How fucking yes. Indiana is that? Woo! Don Robertson! Slow down, Horace. There's blood everywhere! <laughs> no vegetables, no dessert. Those are the rules. Go Hoosiers! Oh my god. That, I literally screamed. With, with I woke my dogs corn. up. Literally stabbed with an ear of corn. I'm obsessed. Came right up. in the back. Right in the fucking middle of the back. And that's like, if you know anything about Indiana, you know race cars and corn. That is Indiana staples. We are, like, I think the top corn producers, or at least one of, which is part of the reason Indiana is so fucking humid, is because we grow so much corn here. And then, yeah, our only other thing we have is the Indy 500, which is fucking huge. Racing and corn. That's what people think of Indiana. Racing and corn? Corn and racing. And there's no racing in this, but goddamn, there's some corn. And again, like I was saying, he knows how to write some good decks. And then, yeah, like I said, she does bite off some of Perlman's, Ron Perlman's fingies. While she, like, she is dragging Tanya by her hair, and it is hysterical. It should not have been that funny, but she like literally is dragging she's him. So casual about yeah, it. she's like do 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 do. Drops her, bites off the fingies. <laughs> like this is a live woman. Like this is a normal size five seven. You know, like bit off his fingers, took his arm, broke it backwards, and then hit him in the face with his own arm. I was like, she hit this man in the face with his own damn arm. We oh love it. my god. Can you name the other movie that we've covered where someone gets beat to death with their own arm? New Haven? 2022? Yes, Barbarian. Barbarian! Barbarian! Ah. Yes! Beats that guy with his own arm. Oh my god. We love to see it. That is just a trope I will never get tired of. Ugh. You will never hear me. Damn, we got too many, too many movies of people ripping off someone's arm and beating him to death with it. No, there's any not limb. enough. Any limb. I would like to see someone be curb stomped with their own foot. That'd be amazing. That'd be cool. There is that, uh, it's not quite the same. I, don't, I, I feel like someone gets beat with their own head. But there's that really funny scene in Freddy vs. Jason where that kid has his dad's head and he like, like goes to like block Jason's strike and he's like holding his dad's head up. It's comparable. Yeah. Um, so there's this really fucking stupid, stupid trope. And it's, I can, I can honestly, totally, I'm fine with it in this movie. I normally hate this trope, the you shoot a car one time and it 
explodes. <laughs> this movie's so camp that it it works. It works because she literally one bullet, one pop, bullet, pop, pop. done. They're Why is she such a good shot? You can't. And I love that. It's so funny, and it reminded me of the the Twenty One Jump Street where they're like, "Wait, why did it explode?" Like, because <laughs> yeah. they think because like that's the eighties, you know, action movie trope. I hate that, and I but I think it does so well here because it's so camp. And I, I did make fun of it at the beginning and say that I don't think it was intentional. But Stephen King, that is his sense of humor. It's if you watch his early movies or the screenplays that he's written or if you read, especially in his short stories, because he can really get away with it in his short stories. He's so camp. He's so, he writes a lot of cliches, but like, in newer, inventive way, like, he, I just, I can't speak enough about him. You know, I, I was talking to, um, some of my regulars today, and I'm like, one thing I've learned through watching all these Stephen King movies is that he's so fucking camp, and they were like, really? And I'm like, what? Are we watching the same movies? It's, no, and they're not. That's the thing. That's when fair. you... The casual Stephen King fan, most people who are just like, oh, yeah, no, I like Stephen King. The Shining, Misery, Cujo, Carrie, Cujo, not very camp movies unless you're really looking for it. Yeah. Those are scary, it, scary fucking movies. Truly. You get into the more obscure King and then, yeah, so that's why they have that reaction because they're thinking, The Shining was terrifying. Well, to be fair, when I mentioned the movies that we were covering these two yeah. weeks, they were like, oh, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. you get to these kind of movies, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I was like, guys, we're doing the bad ones, remember, they're like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing the, the not-so-known, and part of the reason I, because yes, they are the bad ones, part of the reason I want to do these, because these are the movies that I haven't really seen of his, or haven't seen in a long time, and they're really fun and to it, talk yes, about, the worse the movie is, the more fun I have talking about it, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. So and apparently people love us covering bad movies, yes. so. Um, we yes. eventually get to see their, like, final form. It is fucking crazy. Yeah, and she, like, drove the car with Tanya in it straight through the garage to avoid the cats. Yeah. One cat jumps on her, and she grabs it and breaks its little neck. That was so hard to watch. It was really sad. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the, like, when they're, like, wrestling with a cat or whatever, it's, like, a very obvious fake puppet. But, like... I'm fine with that, obviously, because I don't want cats to get, you know, hurt. But um, it's just really funny. There's not a lot of times where I find myself saying, don't murder that pussy. (laughs) It's about half. Oh, we get another really, really cool death where she, like, picks up the cop and, like, impales him on the fence posts. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Cool deaths. I love me some good campy deaths. Yep. Ugh. Um, she drags Tanya to, like, his dying body, and she's like, you're gonna dance with my dead son. What (laughs) is this? When they're, like, dancing, and he's like, like I was like, he's dead. Like, what are you doing here? It's so weird. And then it, he turned into his final form, and she fucking poked his eyes out. His other eye? Yeah, his other eye, because I forgot she got him earlier. Hey, that happened with uh, the werewolf, too, in Silver Bullet. Yeah. His eyes. Yeah. Eye trauma, man. Gross. Gross. But, uh, 
the the cats then all attack the mom. Yes. <laughs> Go kitties! And the sheriff got there and he threw the bear trap at her head. Oh my god, that was amazing. That was so cool. <laughs> Isn't he the one that gets nailed on the fence posts, I think? Or does he live? I think he lives. I think it was a different cop. Okay. Because eventually they do get the mom and she's like burning. Yeah, the cats all get to her and her whole body catches on fire. On fire. But she's like holding Clovis. She's like, it's just us now, buddy. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, wait. No, both your parents are dead, aren't they? Jesus, that sucks. Just knows about that. But my last note for this movie is Clovis is a good boy. I did write go Clovis. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cop kebab. Cop kebab. So yeah, this movie was uh something stupid. This movie was stupid. <laughs> what are your, those are my final thoughts. It's, I find it very funny that when I that so many of the people that I've talked to when I've said hey we're doing Stephen King summer. And then I further explain, oh, we're doing the bad Stephen King movies. So many, and I want to say maybe 60-70% of the people that I've said it to have asked, are you guys doing Sleepwalkers? Because this movie is notoriously bad. The two movies that I've asked when, that people have asked the most, like, oh, are you doing this movie for bad Stephen King summer or Sleepwalkers and Maximum Overdrive? Yes, we are doing both. I've gotten a lot of Langoliers. Langoliers is another one. Langoliers, I think, is like three and a half hours long. I had it on uh, the schedule, but I ended up taking it off and replacing it with Pet Cemetery. Oh, um, cool! Because I'd rather I'd rather watch that anyway. I, I wanted I another don't have good a three one to and a half hour attention span. Exactly. I wanted another good one to cover. It's a good story, bad movie, um, and then it also gives me an excuse to finally read Pet Cemetery because I've been avoiding it. Because it's supposedly his saddest book. He actually, he wrote it before Carrie and didn't publish it for several years because he didn't want to put something out that was that fucking sad. So I'm going to read that beforehand. Uh, I'm currently in the middle of The Dead Zone because we're going to be covering that later. Dead Zone! That is, um... Christopher Walken. Yes, that's the one that my my friend Brian um, was telling me because I asked him today. I said, what's your favorite Stephen King movie adaptation he's like oh god i don't know drama scary blah 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 and he said what uh, that that's a fair point mm-hmm. but what is the first movie you thought of when i asked you that question he said the dead zone i love that we are covering the dead zone throughout a few weeks i am about halfway through the book the book's incredible i've never read it before i've never seen the movie i love christopher walken um, i love christopher walken <laughs> okay i'm excited the main character's name is john smith and i swear to god i'm reading the entire thing with christopher walken's voice just because i'm picturing <laughs> you know like stab you in the face with a soldering iron because i know that he plays that character i'm picturing him as john smith much the way because i had seen the green mile a hundred thousand times before I read the book in college or in high school and but I still I read the book in Tom Hanks's voice because the casting for that movie was perfect um but this was not that um (laughs) he (laughs) this I again it feels like he had so much written like dream catcher-esque 
world building, and then they made a Dreamcatcher-esque movie about it where it makes no sense, we get no information, and also all the information, and it's just a nothing. I loved Dreamcatcher, but that's again because I read the book, and there's no story to read of Sleepwalkers that makes me like it more. Everybody who I've talked to about Dreamcatchers says the same thing that you do. They loved the book. So good. <gasps> that movie. I can't read, so. That movie, man. Just try audiobooks. I really, I, I was thinking about audiobooks. it yesterday, because I was like, I think if I had, because I love podcasts, and those I can really focus mm-hmm. on, but I think, like, even if I, like, had both of them, like, an audiobook, like, actually, like, reading it to me while I'm physically seeing the words, like, watching a TV show with subtitles, yep. I think I would absorb it. A million times better. And my mom tried that for a while, too, and she was like, I can read so much faster than they're talking, but then I told her you can adjust the speed, so you can do two and three times, so it speeds it up, so if you find yourself reading way faster, that's one thing, but if you find yourself reading along, and, um, I mean, I have a lot of really good audiobooks that I can always recommend. My favorite is the It audiobook read by Stephen Weber. It is the greatest vocal performance I have ever, ever heard in my life. Um, but again, hey, Stephen King, if you ever want to, like, finish your story and publish Sleepwalkers, I'll read it. I'll read it. She'll she'll read it. Christian, my mom will read it. I bet. I bet she will. I'll read it. I'll read anything he fucking publishes. <laughs> he could have... Never mind. Anyway. Anyways. Um, what a fun movie to talk about stupid movie uh i am not surprised brian kraus did this but also like can't believe you did this Uh, again mark hamill not in a weird way i just would be like i want to be like your daughter of the force you know like teach me your jedi ways i just want to be your friend yeah i just want to be your super friend friend Yeah, I want to be George Lucas's friend so he can give me money. That man, is that man has more money than God. Richer than God. Truly. He is in the top five, I think, richest men. Maybe not anymore. I don't know. He I want to know how much Disney there. gave him. That's No, I think he, I think Disney gave him money, but he lost, he sold all his merchandising rights. So, because Disney now owns all of that. But, um, I think Rihanna is the world's greatest woman, or one of. She's a billionaire. She's fucking awesome. She owns everything. This is not a Rihanna podcast. This is Stephen King. This is a horror podcast. Anyways. But currently we are a Stephen King podcast. Uh, next week, we've mentioned it a couple times, we're going to be doing Cat's Eye. Um, it's got Drew Barrymore in it a lot, and I love her. It's also very cat-featured. It's kind of like an anthology. It is. It is based on three, so it's got three stories in it. Two of them are based on short stories in Night Shift, which if you remember our first episode of the summer, um, The Boogeyman is also based on a story in Night Shift. Um, Quitters, Inc. and The Ledge, I love both of those stories. Quitters, Inc. is one of my favorite short stories of his. And then the third one is not based off of a short story. He just made it into a little short for the movie. Um, And I love good anthology movies. Me too. And it's not a good anthology, but it's an anthology. 
So, and it has baby Drew Barrymore. Yes. So. Yes. Um, but make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, like us on Instagram and TikTok at Barely Living Dreadful. On Twitter at Living Dreadful. Uh, you can email us comments, questions, concerns, requests at the email at barelylivingdreadful at gmail.com. And until next week, stay spooky. Bye. Bye.